Hey, everybody. I hope you're doing wonderful. It's me, Mercury. I am in Tulsa, Oklahoma right now on my book tour, and we only have 12 more events to go. By the time you're listening to this, we may only have a few more left to go. But all that being said, please make sure you go to mercurystardust.com to learn where we are currently. And also, I want to say thank you to everyone who filled the survey out last week to help us decide if the new format that we are learning that we really like to do is something we can do long term with, with all of you. But all that being said, enjoy this clip show. Have a wonderful day. And remember, Matt, my wonderful sound person, did all this work for us. So make sure you're thinking the whole time. Thank you, Matty. <laughs> Everyone, thank you for always supporting me. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. A big thank you to our sponsor, iFixit, who fights for your right to repair and makes really cool tools in the process. If you need to fix your phone, laptop, or even a vacuum, iFixit has thousands of parts, tools, and free guides. Mercury, Mercury Stardust. She's a beacon of hope in the darkest night. Mercury, Mercury Stardust. She'll teach you how to make it all alright. Hey there, hi, my name is Mercury, and I'm the trans handyman. My pronouns are she, her, and I teach compassionate DIY. We're here to help renters, LGBTQIA members, and anyone who's feeling left out in a DIY space. Boom, 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 boom. I'm on live stream. I'm on live stream. I'm on live stream. I'm on live stream, motherfuckers. Man, I hope you got all that. If you didn't, you you were fired. Oh, I got it. Don't worry. Don't you worry about that. Did, wait, as soon as I sat down, did you just start recording? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> okay, hold on. Maggie's getting in here. We're recording right now, Maggie. You are entering the after show, pre show, show, show. Okay. Uh, and I'm on live stream. Now, you guys can all hear Maggie, right? Maggie, say something hi. Hi. Okay. You guys hear Maggie? She said hi. <laughs> she, said, <laughs> she said one single hi. word. Hi. Hello. She said one I'm single here. word to keep it fresh <laughs> for everybody. Me and Zizi actually got in a very big philosophical question about this this past weekend um, about the ideology of pride. And Zizi actually believes, uh, my spouse mouse, for those who don't know, Zizi believes very strongly that um, a happy pride is actually a, an act of rebellion, right? Because so often we are kind of like our joy is like somehow suctioned out of us, especially this year. And the fact that we are celebrating ourselves so openly <laughs> is actually an act of rebellion. Yeah. And I think that is, I think that's partially true. I think two things can be true at one time. But I also think that there is a, a portion of people within the queer community who often don't understand um, the real intensity of the history of the queer community. And I think that sometimes we forget that pride started um, as a protest. And we sometimes forget that pride started on the backs of people who are no longer with us. Right. And and I think it's really, really important um, to have that in a contextual way and keep that in mind, right? Because, yeah, it, it's just really, really important that we don't lose sight of all that and that we understand that pride is about also paying homage to those who yeah. came before us, who made it possible for us to live openly, mm -hmm. you know? Boo, boo, boo. 
they had to fight for it. Yeah, they had to fight. They had a lot, some of them had to die. Yeah, I think like we 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 should never sugarcoat it. People literally had to die mm-hmm. to get the rights that we have right now, right? Um, and often when we have these conversations, we forget about Harvey Milks. We forget about all the protests that are, we re- remain nameless, right? So many people are no longer with us yeah. from so many reasons. Uh, the lack of AIDS funding when it should have been happening. Mm-hmm. So much has happened in the course of the last 60, 70 years of, um, you know, um, of the, the civil rights movement for queer people. Mm-hmm. That it is really important to remember that there was one point of time that we couldn't even gather together. There could not be more than, you know, two of us. In any given space openly. Like, we couldn't go to public parks together. We couldn't have any gathering anywhere. Mm-hmm. It was illegal for us to have bars. Literally, the mafia is what ran Stonewall. So, like, we need to keep this stuff in mind yeah. when we are having these discussions. That the gathering of all of us in one location is actually an act of rebellion. It is, in, yeah. in fact, something that historically could not have happened yeah. 60 or 70 years ago. A lifetime ago, right? Like... There are people who are around and alive right now who were living during a time when it was illegal for men to wear women's mm-hmm. clothing, mm-hmm. right? Which in some ways is kind of going back to that. You know, it feels like that, you know, some of these anti-drag laws mm-hmm. uh, feel very reminiscent of that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think it's it, it's almost like striking a balance of outwardly celebrating Right. To the people who are not part of the community and then within the community showing reverence for the history and having those conversations about how we got here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So when people ask me about going to Pride, um, I feel like um, to me when Pride's at like a space like in Milwaukee is at Summerfest. Mm-hmm. I I just feel like sometimes it misses the mark a little bit for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish that for every concert there was a talkback, mm-hmm. and for every performance yeah. there was like a, uh, a public speak. Yep. Yet, like for what I I wish it was equal parts yep. activism and celebration. Mm-hmm. I I just think that there's a part of that that really kills me. Because there are a lot of people in the queer community who take the celebration and run with it and don't understand that we're still actively in mm-hmm. our rebellion for, for trans people specifically. Yeah. Right? So, um, and if your activism does not include um, black trans women, mm-hmm. um, you know, disabled people, if it does not include <laughs> indigenous people, your, your, your activism is horseshit. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that there's a lot of that at Pride, too, where it's like very you know whitewashed pride yeah. where it's very like let's let's sanitize it let's take it's the corporate l- pride let's take it leather out of pride which is wild to me it's just mm-hmm. absolutely nuts to see people try to sanitize pride i don't think we originally planned it that way no. we just get into a room with each other and we just start bullshitting yeah and, and matt, matt just started recording matt it. just records <laughs> matt's our uh sound technician matt, matt are you there Yes, I yeah. am. Matt is a sneaky little asshole. And we'll just like start going. Like I, I walked in here, Maggie, and I started doing something stupid. Then I was like, Matt, did you record that? And Matt's like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I'm like, that's how we got started today. 
And Matt just starts. He's just like, <laughs> he's like, like, we're not going to wait for Maggie to come I, in for you to get settled. No, 100%. For us to be like, no, okay, let's get started. No, no. It's just like whatever because random he, shit. Here's the thing. He knows we record this for an hour <laughs> and we record the other part of the show for an hour. So he knows it's a two hour process, but it takes us yeah. forever to start the <laughs> fucking podcast. So I think he's thinking, you know, I want to get out of here at a reasonable fucking time. I got to just start. Oh, these two are going to keep me until nine o'clock at fucking night. And and I have gotten in a habit where I look behind me, Maggie, and I see, see? I see if it gets recording. Right behind me is the screen of the recording, and I can see when it starts recording. Uh-huh. And then I'll look over there and be like, is that motherfucker recording right now? <laughs> he does this to me every time. Yeah. But it's fun. I like it because it's like, you know, we get to connect and have a moment and then we answer the questions. And that's a lot of work. It's a lot of brain power on your end. And then, you know, then we get to like take a break and reset. You know what I think is funny, though? You think that the after show pre-show would be after like we would record this after the podcast. And then it would be us discussing the questions that we just got. Ah, oh, what's the fun in that? Yeah. <laughs> And then we're all then we're talking about the questions again. That's no fun. <laughs> the way that you were like, ah, fuck that. Nah, fuck it, I don't I'm like, I don't want to talk about the nah, questions nah, again. No, nah, fuck it. They, they got what they want. No, I, I, no, I just want to hang out with them. I want to talk about either buttholes or political conversations. That's what I want. So I don't know if people remember <clears> this. People might remember this. Um, about a year and a half ago, six months into doing this professionally, or, you know, six months of doing this, I think it was like two months into doing this professionally. I had booked a college gig, um, mm-hmm. at North Western California University or something like that, like mm-hmm. that. And I was really excited. It was my first college gig. I think I booked it for $200. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's hilarious Wild. because my feed right now is like, what, 10000 now? Yeah, uh, eight thousand virtual. <clears throat> my view, my virtual feed is eight thousand dollars. I was charging two hundred, which is fucking nuts. That that's a difference. Also, by the way, eight, I mean basically those speaking gigs pays for my. Mm-hmm. They pay for our shit. Um, they really make this possible. Mm-hmm. You know, for us to be able to do the business the way we do it and, and keep as ethical as possible. Mm-hmm. Very, very appreciative of it. Of it. But I charged two hundred dollars for this college. And I got the dates mixed up. Mm. I'm dyslexic. And I got the numbers messed up. And I thought it was like, I think I thought it was it was, it was supposed to be the 16th, but I thought it was the 19th. Mm. And I showed up, I kid you not, three days late. Mm. And I called up because no one was, you know, like I, could, I went into the Zoom call and no mm-hmm. one was there. And I called up and she was like, it was three days ago. They didn't reach out to you. No, they did. Or, they oh. did. But I don't look at un, I don't yeah. look at unmarked numbers. Yeah. And they didn't leave a voicemail. Oh. Uh, yeah. And uh, I did a video that day. I remember. Uh, I was I was I was heartbroken. I was yeah. I was shattered. I was shattered. I felt like I was failing. And um, all of a sudden, three months later, four months later, I me Maggie. Uh, our lives cross paths, and I don't know how I would fucking do this. I you. remember seeing that video, and like my heart just went out to you. And then when I saw that you were asking for some, you know, for help, 
I literally I was in the basement playing with Nick and Izzy. I was like literally in the middle of swinging Izzy on his swing. And I stopped because I saw your video and I immediately applied. And Nick was like, Maggie, where'd you go? I was like, I got to just don't don't talk to me. I was like literally shaking. I was Did like, you really apply that fast? Yeah. Oh, I saw God. your video, went and applied for, right away. And for, I like Nick was like, he totally understood. I was like, I just have to do this. Don't talk to me. For, I got to do this. For those who don't know, <laughs> um, Maggie never met me <clears throat> until she applied for the job. Like we did not know each other. We, yeah. we only became business partners because we worked together for maybe like a month and a half. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I love you. And then Aww. she just came, she just became a, my business partner because Maggie is like, in a lot of ways, kind of the exact opposite of me in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. But we're also like really similar in a yeah. lot of major ways. And we have a very similar ideology. Yeah. Um, but we have like very different ways of processing things yeah. and thinking things through. Which sometimes it's really hard to have a conversation. Yeah, sometimes can be a problem, <laughs> and I think we've we've had to learn how to. I mean, we're like I think we're both people who have a tremendous amount of emotional intelligence. Yeah, and I think we're both really able to navigate miscommunications. Yeah, um, and we're both people who like I think I understand when Maggie says something and doesn't mean it, or when I say something and I don't mean right. it the way it comes yeah. off. And but because we communicate in very different ways, there are times where I'm like, I have no idea what Maggie just fucking said. What are the words that just came out of your mouth? I feel the same way. And sometimes I feel bad because I'm so blunt about it. I think it comes off that like I'm not trying to understand. Do you know what I mean? But sometimes Maggie will say things to me, and I'll just look her in the face, be like, I have no idea what you just fucking said. I know that look now. Yeah, Maggie, Maggie does. Maggie knows the look now where she just re- she repeats it in a way that makes more sense to me. Um, because and sometimes I'll just we it. just get to a point where we're just staring at each other and we're like, we can't talk anymore because nothing's making sense. Yeah, sometimes we're like, we let's just walk it. away. We'll try again yeah. later. But but here's the thing. This is what I love about this this relationship that we have. Um, because we have that different way of communicating. So many ideas, mm-hmm. so many ways to solve problems are mm-hmm. done in ways that would not have been created if we'd had the similar approach. Yeah. And I think that you, I think we typically, people in general, mm-hmm. work best when they have people in their lives who make them and force them think differently. Yeah. And I think we have become better business mm-hmm. um, partners and better founders of the company um you know that's now grown we have six people involved now mm-hmm. right yeah six people involved. six of us yeah yeah uh, and we that's that's a lot of people to care for and we've only done this for a year mm-hmm. do you know what i mean um yeah we the business mercury Stardust media was founded on may 27th 2022 that's <coughs> are you fucking kidding me <laughs> oh that's right we just celebrated our one year anniversary like just a few weeks ago that's right yeah. oh wow <laughs> that's nuts okay are we ready everybody ready buckle up those seatbelts because we're about to begin a ride of your life why did it make it sound like we're gonna die um um you sound like that uh that decree edit dev dev edit of um what's his name uh, the fungus mushroom man, Pedro Pascal. <laughs> well, 
what? <laughs> that, that edit of him going like, uh, my roommate's out all night, so you can ride this cowboy as loud as you want oh, to. <laughs> mushroom. You're talking about Maggie. That was rock. Maggie. Maggie. The train of thought. But the, sometimes my brain loses words. The, I, I, the train of thought to give her mushroom man to Pedro Pascal. Is, Please somebody tell me that you understand. I mean, in retrospect, I get how you got there. But I, I am... Just dumbfounded <laughs> by that. That is fucking hilarious. Okay, are we ready to really start the podcast? Okay, now? ready? Okay, here we go. Buckle those seatbelts up because we're re- the road's gonna be bumpy. <laughs> I feel like you and Ziggy are the worst. Because we're just fans. <laughs> you two just love everything we do. Uh-huh. And I love that as a business, right? I hate that as a content creator. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, you two are always like, oh, I love this. I love that. And no one watches the video. <laughs> oh, my God. I love when you talk about, like, long walks on the beach. Hence, a four-minute video about walks on the beach. No one watches it. Or the <laughs> ASMR video, you and Amethyst and ZZ. And everybody got me so hyped about this fucking video. I spent four hours of my life. On this video, redoing it take after take after take. I released the video, and it's my worst watched was video. Was it like 7,000 views no. in an hour? No, it was worse than that. Oh, really? It was, Maggie, it was 1,000 views oh, in a shit. single oh, hour. That's right. Yeah, it was with like 900 Less something. than 90 yeah. likes. Yeah. It was 1,000 views and 90 likes, Maggie. <laughs> like... <laughs> A thousand people saw that and 990 went, nope, I'm good. I could do without that. Don't want that in my life. And all of you were like, we need more of this. Sometimes your audience is wrong is what I'm trying Uh to say. Sometimes your audience is wrong. But before TikTok, I was Mm -hmm. much more humble Mm -hmm. and I could feel myself being carried away by it. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's an interesting feeling. I got to fight it. Mm-hmm. But again, I got all of you to keep me grounded because you guys insult me constantly. Constantly. So, constantly. Knock you down a peg or two. No, 100%. <laughs> you know when Maggie first started this job, she was so like, always lifting me up. And now Maggie's like, no, I got to get a pair of scissors. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to get uh, hedge cl- clippers and I'm going to make sure you are my height every day. <laughs> you sound, I am not that mean. Don't listen mm-hmm. to her. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Guys, gals, not binary pals. I'm telling you right now. I'm held hostage by magazine insults every single day. You know, as a trans woman, you know, in her 30s, right? I didn't transition until mm-hmm. 30 years old. So, like, I know what male privilege is. You know, like, I feel it. And I do. I've said this before on the podcast and, you know, otherwise before but i really believe that one of the biggest pervasive issues within the trans femme community especially for those who are older is that we don't seek to shed enough of our privilege sometimes mm-hmm. not in the sense of like i'm not talking about fucking sports and shit that's right. the stupidest fucking argument what i'm talking about is like these the the things that you expect in life and the the way that you 
um, expect your interactions with others to go. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And anyone who's trans mask can tell you mm-hmm. if Basil is here, um, they could tell you immediately what that's like when your voice changes, mm-hmm. when you start growing a little bit of a mustache, when your face shape changes a little bit more masculinely. Mm-hmm. I think trans mask gets it even bigger. I think trans femme can get it, but I think it's more like. It depends on how much you pass, right? Yeah. I always hate that notion. But it also depends how much of femininity you project. Mm-hmm. The more fem- femininity you um, project, the more likely you are to be treated with misogyny, too. Um, I love all people. Mm-hmm. I don't think you really do. Because if you love people, if you love people, right, um, you can understand where they come from. But if you love someone deeply, by the very nature, mm-hmm. I was telling this to Basil. My belief is this. I don't think you can love all people. I don't think it's possible to love all people. Mm-hmm. Because if you love somebody, what happens when someone comes and hates that person you love? What happens mm-hmm. when someone comes up to someone you love and say, I want them to die? What do you, what do you mean? Yeah. How could you love old people? What do you? So what's the line there? Mm-hmm. Are you going to try to reason with the people who wish me to die? Or are you going to say, no, 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 I understand where you're coming from. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then if I respond in a way that defends my humanity, mm-hmm. if your response is, oh, I think you crossed the line. I think you crossed the line. Yeah. I think... You were being disrespectful. Yeah, I don't like your tone. Yeah. You were being rude. Yeah, there, it's really interesting yep. the way that happens. I think it's just a cop-out. It's a cop-out to be able to say, oh, I love all people, but then to have no like actual accountability for your actions and the way that you vote and the way that you interact with people and the things that you let happen around you. Yeah. It's, it's just a fucking cop-out. It's like, it, it's like a, it gives you license to walk through life mm-hmm. in a haze. Yep. Instead of like, oh, I love all people connecting with the decisions that yep. you're making as a person. You know, I, I, I think I think I, I, I hate the term woke in so many ways because I think it's taken on just mm-hmm. a different life of its own. But I really don't know another phrase that really describes what it's like to to live with you to out, out of the haze. Yeah. When you realize so much of this is connected, so much is connected to white mm-hmm. supremacy, so much is connected to transphobia and hatred. And our, the very systems that we run in are connected to such things. Um, it's like, I, I don't know, p- people who just refuse to see it mm-hmm. at this point. I in the, in the 21st century that we live in, where we have so many information readily at our fingertips, and yet we are still refusing to see facts. Well, not everybody's perfect at everything. Well, okay, Maggie. Wow, way to believe that. Maggie... <laughs> I don't know, bringing us back to my <laughs> ego conversation. Is that me insulting you? <laughs> yeah, Maggie, how dare you? You can't be good at everything, Mercury. I'm the trans handyman. <laughs> ah, I want my blue M&Ms right now. God, my, my water bottles are touching. <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> I just think it would be really funny that in my, if in my writer, I said I only want blue M&Ms. And... Uh, I don't want my water bottles to touch. I just think that would be the funniest. 
thing to me. <laughs> and then if I show up and there, the, everything is evenly spaced. Oh my god, <laughs> fucking hilarious! Hey Ziggy, come on air so the audience knows that I, I don't actually hate you. Come on air, sit in Maggie's. Hey Ziggy, yeah, come on air and sit in Maggie's spot until Maggie actually does her job and come here. <laughs> oh hello. Yeah, everyone. This is Ziggy. Oh. Well, what an honor it is to be on a podcast. Mm-hmm. This is the after show pre-show. Oh, okay. So what what, what does that mean? So, you, know, you know, for someone who works here, you know very little of the things that we do, you know? Like, why do you keep me around? Because I'm an <laughs> ESA I, I will admit that I am still learning. Yeah, 100%. Yes. Okay, so the pre-show after show mm-hmm. is the... We record it before we record the episode. Okay. But then it gets added on at the end of the episode when it's released on Patreon. Oh, lovely. Yeah, so it's pre-show after show. Okay. It's warm-up and bonus content. Oh, thank you for saying warm-up, Matt. I really appreciate that. Me being, you know, an ex-pro athlete, that's how I understand this. Yeah, and, and Ziggy grew up on the streets, so yeah, she knows. Yeah. <laughs> Ziggy always feels the need. By the way, to always say everything. <laughs> oh yeah, I grew up in the streets. Always, constantly. Like, yeah, that's why. That's why I am the way I am because I was raised on the streets. I love you. I love you. We have a interesting relationship. It's it's lovely, actually. It's very lovely. I see you like it, a big and a small sister. <laughs> <laughs> and I see you as both my arch nemesis and my best friend. You know what? You're my Batman to my Superman. Sometimes you're my auntie and my uncle. <laughs> Whoa, that's too much truth. Oh, shit. Um, you are my cat and my dog. You are both my right and my left ass cheek. <laughs> you are my mustard and my ketchup. <laughs> you are my double chin and my hairline. <laughs> I'm fucking sweating. You are my boxer oh, brief shit, and I my phone. Oh gosh, I swore. Twice. No, you can fucking swear. Oh, I, I can. Oh yeah. Oh, well. oh shit. Can I tell you a story? Tell it's me. Please. Not really much of a story, but it's more like. So I had explicitly yes asked a runner of a pride event that we were just at, and I asked him before I did it. Uh huh. Can I swear at the speech? And he said yes. Now, you know this about me. Yes. You know I'm a sailor when it comes to talk, talking. Definitely. I have, there's no, also, I refuse. As tall and as good I also would take it as a huge affront that mm-hmm. you ask me to speak at your event and then you censor me in any way. Not a fan. Not a fan. I bet you didn't swear once, huh? I sweared the entire time. <laughs> right. I swore, I think I swore more in that speech than I ever fucking have. Uh, in front of anybody. She just, just starts but, putting swear words in that don't belong. This is the problem I have. So uh, this person comes up to me and says to me, while I'm in front of an audience, uh, you should uh, stop swearing. And there's kids in the audience. Hold on, wait, yeah. this weekend? Yeah, this weekend. You left this out of the experience. Okay, this huh? is interesting. Well, you know, I forgot about it yeah, until yeah. now. But uh, because there's a lot that happens. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes you forget about little details like this. Yeah. And I... I then took it upon myself to then say, fuck, 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 like probably for like 10, 15 seconds. And then I said, but fucker, fuck, fuck. And that's how I ended it. I ended the speech that way. 
<laughs> Please tell me you got a round of applause. Oh, really? The fucking audience oh, loved it. I fucking love it. But also, like, I also took it upon myself then to say that I got permission from the runner of the, uh-huh. the festival to, to say this. Yes. And I'm going to be honest with you. When you tell someone not to swear, they swear more. and that's what you're worrying about, yes. you're missing it. A hundred percent. What if is, what is wrong with swearing? I, I, I don't. The, the thing. With, like, the, here's the thing. We we care more. Care? We care about more about word choice than we okay, care about fuck? context of the word. The context of the fucking word matters. Bum fluff. Bum fluff. Bum fluff. Yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand. What what bothers me? Oh, by got, all of it. <gasps> Oh I yeah, can, can you hear my? Can, can hear, you hear me now? I can hear Maggie's myself. in here and trying to give Ziggy a full experience now. Oh my goodness! And Ziggy didn't know this that you can actually like. have your headphones on while we do this. I was doing this all without my headphones. Yep, and now isn't it an amazing experience? I sound so posh. Now I understand what people say about my voice. Yeah, you do sound very posh. You're it's, very posh. It's ironic because I grew up on the streets. Very. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Ziggy, I love you. But before you go, because I feel like you're the perfect person for me to bitch about this. Okay. Is I feel like the context of the words that you say far exceed the words choice you use. So I think if you use Uh motherfucker, butt fucking, piss fucker, is nothing compared to, um, you know, uh, trans women are gross and are threats to women. Yes. I think there is something dramatically worse. Yes. To the latter than the former. Exactly. You know Matt's not going to cut this out. Maggie. Maggie. If, if you have time. Yeah. <laughs> if you have time. <laughs> like it's not his drum. <laughs> Matt enjoys. I think I've listened to a few of these now. The after show pre-shows. Matt enjoys leaving in <laughs> basically everything. <laughs> Matt really Matt likes the mayhem. Whoa! 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 Oh, Ricky disappeared. I'm here. <laughs> I heard vitamins and medicine and powder. <laughs> I heard all of it. Sometimes I start talking and she goes into her phone and then I just realize I'm not talking to her anymore. No, 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 no. I feel like this episode of the pre-show episode, uh, after show, uh, demonstrates more than ever that uh, it is miraculous that we make any money as a company. <laughs> any any given time. You know what? You know what? You know how we make all the money? You know how we do well? Hmm. Maggie. <laughs> It is largely. Sometimes it does feel like I'm pulling dollar bills out of my ass. <laughs> Ruger's like, I want to do this. I'm like, uh, okay. It does. Well, I want to go on a 51 city book tour. We probably shouldn't tell the audience that I in- almost always insist on having a hot tub in my, my hotel room, right? <laughs> we shouldn't say that. No, I think that's fine. You deserve yeah. it. You got to. Uh, yeah. You're going to be on. A road trip so for eight weeks. One of my so uh, Maggie this knows year. this. I like better hotels. Yeah, I'm okay with spending more money on the hotels. And the reason why I'm okay with that is because I travel pretty mm-hmm. rough, uh, and I will refuse to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So like I will, I will rather. I get really nervous. Stra- um, traveling is nervous, yeah, inducing for me. Um, depending on where we go, especially the coming up stuff. 
but I like to feel as taken care of as possible mm-hmm. in my hotels. Yeah. Um, that has only increased as my transition has gone on. And I have found that um, I'm not treated as badly at hotels when I'm paying more. Yeah. I'm treated pretty poorly sometimes at hotels if sure. I'm paying the bare minimum. Um, and I get nervous <laughs> mm-hmm. when that's the case. And I know that's kind of a cop out. Um, to some extent, but it's my truth. I, I gotta tell you, it's it sucks sometimes when you stay at a hotel and uh, you're treated weird by the staff. Um, yeah. It's not a comfortable feeling. Um, but yeah, that's my that's mine. And a hot tub is fucking awesome. So, <laughs> and my 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 joints are beat up too. So yeah, I appreciate it. But also, we the, the usually the hot tubs are not that much more. No. Hey. That's Danny's voice, and this is. <laughs> You're gonna say my name? Or just... <laughs> I, but I was trying to have you talk, oh. and then me say so they know distinctually. Okay. Whose name is what name? Name. Uh, <laughs> Whose <laughs> voice is what's name? We are professionals here. We do this for a living. Yeah. Hey, speaking of things we've done for a living. Should we talk to Danny about our VidCon experience? Oh, we probably should. It was a lot. Yeah, because the audience has not heard this yet either. I am dying to hear all of the tea. I want to know all of your secrets. Uh, Okay. VidCon was a cool experience. Like, VidCon was genuinely, I mean, it was the first time, I think, genuinely as a company, I think we felt, like, really legit. Uh, (laughs) I, 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 I mean this in the nicest way possible. Uh, content creators are um, a few fries short of a Happy Meal, uh, and all of them, except a very few, are chickens with a head cut off. They have no idea what's happening at any given time. And even the, the best content creators I know, the most, the, like the best producers of content, the smartest, smartest fuckers that you can meet in person, they have no structure around them. The fact that we have structure and the fact that we have, like, we have, like, people would be, be like, okay, how do you afford to have this many employees? And how do you afford to do all these things? And I'm like, uh, how do you not afford? I'm confused. Is there a code that we're speaking? <laughs> you know? I'm not going to lie. Uh, I made a little face for the people who can't see me right now when you said the fact that we do have structure. This is structure? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's the beginning of structure. Okay, okay. It, it's Danny, structure life. Danny, this is, but, I respect it. But Danny, here's the thing, though: you're not wrong. <laughs> but that's how lack of structure they have. Right on. The fact okay. that we even have walls made out of cardboard is impressive to people who have never lived in any type of structure before. Right, like. We got, you know what? We got a blanket for a roof. They don't even have a roof. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's the route that they're at right now. No, Danny the little kid is on tricycle. The they're So, just... wait, they're not on tricycles? I thought that they were also on tricycles. No, bestie. Okay. Okay. I have a question then. When and where does the hedge maze come in? Are they the in the hedge mage maze? No. <laughs> <laughs> They're at the end of the hall and also chopped up in pieces in a flashback. What? Wait, whoa, wait, wait, what? No, what? Yeah, the 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 twins from The Shining. Like, that's the... 
Wait, they're, they're not chopped. What are they chopped up? Matt? That's the backstory. Their dad was like a previous keeper and went nuts and killed Is that the backstory? Wait, what? Hold on. I read the book, but I didn't pay that much attention. Wait, they were chopped up? I thought they just like, you know, they drowned or some shit like kids do. <laughs> no, Welcome it was an Welcome to the pre-show thing. after show, everyone. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> My mind is blown. Did you guys see that that the the sequel to The Shining, Doctor Sleep? Doctor Sleep. Yeah, sure yeah, that movie was fucking rad. It was so good. I mean, I fucking it's wild to do a sequel that late, but like that was solid. I wish more people would have talked about that movie. I actually haven't even seen The Shining. You were fucking dead to me. That's, that's why you I are, anything. You are two kids chopped up with an axe. That's <laughs> the kind of dead to me you are. Thank God this is behind a payroll wall. <laughs> For now. All I gotta say is it is so obvious that all three of us have ADHD. It is so, it is so obvious. And here's the thing. So does Matt. So all four yeah, we're of four us, for four. the people who are running this fucking thing, the people who should be trying to stay on task are all like ADHD to the fucking high heavens. But like, honestly, though, like there, like it can be really hard when you're when you're changing hormones to handle the smell thing, because for me, it was the opposite. Like I went from being like a smelly ogre to like, oh, my body fucking smell it completely changed okay one thing that like no one ever talks about with testosterone is how much your pee smell oh, changes fuck. Oh, straight up that is it's so weird I, I i cannot i cannot tell you the minty freshness that my my urine <laughs> is now my urine is so minty fresh like when it comes out it's like oh Oh, good breath mint, you know. Uh, <laughs> that sounds really painful. Uh, oh, Jesus. Uh, rent should not be going up that much in no. a single year. No. It really shouldn't be. Um, I don't know. That's fucking nuts. I, I, I mean, and also you tell me their justification. I mean, if it's went up that much, has pay went up that much? No way. No, no. No uh, way. UW, the UW system across the board got like a 3.5% um increase last year and the, the the conversation we're having about us like locally i think this goes to a global scale when oh, we of made course. we made a video together four months ago something like that where we talked about um you know having some type of like renting system where it was like stopped at five percent because i think that is like the standard in california mm. is stopping at five percent i think that is something that is in seattle i don't know if that's true or not i'd have to look it i up. can't remember what it was but we got a lot of feedback on that video <laughs> but something i saw in that video that was universal in the comment section no matter where we posted it was that people were like oh yeah that's the same thing that's happening in ohio mm. same thing that's happening in florida same thing that's happening in north carolina boston etc you name it same thing Two hundred fifty percent, three hundred, like two hundred fifty dollars, three hundred dollars, five hundred dollars. That's nuts. That's a huge percentage of people paying that much more every year. Mm-hmm. My God! And That's the three. landlords aren't doing anything extra. No, it's like three to four thousand dollars more you're paying for rent every year. Mm-hmm. That's nuts. Yeah. So, like, I don't know when we're having these conversations about transit. And housing, I think they kind of go hand in hand. I really do. I think so too. Especially yeah. because when in the middle of the city in Madison, 
they priced you out. They priced us out pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Um, like you, you're talking about moving in with multiple people. Mm-hmm. Um, if it wasn't for my financial situation that has changed so rapidly in the last two years, there's no fucking way right. I could live where I live right now. There's no, no way. Um, so I don't know how the system gets better without just throwing more money at it. Hey, Manny, how long have we been on here? How long have we been talking on the after show, pre show, show, show? Uh, about 30 minutes since you started talking, it looks like. Okay, let's talk about butts. Matt, how's your butt doing? <laughs> it's good. It's in a chair. It's comfortable and warm. This is secretly why I didn't want Maggie to be on the podcast anymore, because she's the HR department. And I, <laughs> I really want to hear about your guys' butts. Uh, Basil, how's your butt? Um, my, my butt's okay. Um, you know, with the moving, like <laughs> it's, it's been a little sore. There's a lot of stairs. Okay. Cause like you've been to my old apartment and you know, there's a lot of stairs there. Just as many at the new place. Just as many? If not more. Damn. Yeah. Damn. My, my butt's going to be real, real nice looking. I am. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that's where you were going. <laughs> I thought you were being like, oh, yeah, my legs are so tired. No, no, you're going for No, it's like Stairmaster. My ass is going to be fucking padded and ready oh, to yeah. go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and my butt, uh, pretty flat these days. Um, <laughs> not putting a whole lot of butt juice in it anymore. Oh. You know, not like doing a whole lot of like crunches and shit like that. Not really, not really into the exercise. Uh, riding my bike. Haven't done that in a month. We came back from VidCon. And the the fire from Canada mm-hmm. um, was now really, it like, finally really got to Wisconsin in a bad way. It was already in Wisconsin. Air quality has been kind of bad all summer. Mm-hmm. But it definitely has gotten pretty bad right in the last week or two. The day after we got back from L.A., literally one day of being back home, I couldn't even go outside uh-huh. without a mask on. I saw. It was yeah. so, I mean, and that, it was like having... Uh, fog down, but no, it, it like a very different feeling. Like it felt mm. very ashy, of course. Sure. Um, but yeah, you, I mean, you would go out and your your lungs would hurt. If anyone listening is familiar with Silent Hill, it was Silent Hill. <laughs> I was what? wondering. <laughs> yeah, you know, especially because like living with ZZ and seeing the mobility issues that they have had from time to time. And sure. Boy, motherfucker, that has opened my goddamn eyes. Yeah. That has made me angry about every transit issue. Mm-hmm. Because, like, it, it, when we were down in Chicago last year to celebrate our anniversary, it was just an absolute nightmare. Um, and if you were, especially for ZZ, they don't have a full-time, they're not in a, a wheelchair full-time, right? Right. It really is, travel does a number on them, and then it, it, they're kind of... In a situation where they they have to be in a wheelchair, sure. So when we're at museums, uh, fucking, I mean, that's, you're throwing a fucking dice mm-hmm. of what kind of chair you're gonna get. Um, I will never understand why a museum will not have wheelchairs that can fit through their doors. <laughs> uh-huh. This happens like fifty percent of the time, base. I kid you not. Every time we go to a museum, it is like the chair we are given from the museum. May not fit through their own doors. And what is their suggested solution for You got to get out, fold the chair up, and put it in, in there. Every time. Every time. Wow. Getting in and out of spaces is an absolute nightmare. I got a call in my flipping ear. Um, Always that would happen. Yeah. Uh, and so for those who are just listening on the Patreon episode, 
I have my earphones in to talk directly to the audience um, on uh, underneath my actual um, headphones for the podcast. And while Matt was talking, my ears were vibrating. <laughs> and then the, they were making noise. Mm-mm. And I have bone conducting headphones, so I'm sure you all heard it. Uh, and I can, it gets so weird because I can't hear you in my left ear in my headphones. Sure. Right? Um, but with the, my bone conducting headphones, I can hear very well yeah. out of both my ears because it's directed to my, like, past my eardrum and shit. So just imagine Matt talking, and all I can hear is mono. And then out of nowhere, buzzing comes, and it's like fucking st- stereo. That was the weirdest fucking thing in the world. Hey, everyone tells me I, I know. my fanny packs are cool. I know you are very defensive with your fanny pack, but I'm going to say it. There is no way that you can effectively make a tra- like a, tra- a fanny pack. I almost said a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way that you can uh, make a fanny. Oh my god! I just, <laughs> I'm now gonna say it's a Tiesler, uh pack from now on. That is fucking hilarious. Hey, I can fucking say that. We can fucking say that. This episode is brought to you by Gay. 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 They're just looking out for you. All my doctors, for some (laughs) reason, constantly tell me that I don't treat myself well. I don't know. I mean, I should get new doctors. But anyways. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure that's the take. I don't know. I don't know, Maggie. I think something's wrong with them. I mean, if they're, they they all think the same thing. They're not, you know, I don't yeah. have diverse thought. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> God damn. They're the common denominator. Yeah, they're right? the common all denominator. All people. They all agree on the same thing, so they must be the problem. <laughs> and that's a shit you can't learn unless you traveled and did shows for a living. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think that's a big advantage for us as a company. Is that like I literally have done this before? Yeah. Like, it, oh no, for sure. Like, like yesterday when we were talking about the what could go wrong, mm-hmm. I'm like, we uh, let, let's just focus on how we, you know, make a show happen because right. it's the same yeah. theory before. If you have, if you're in the town, you have to perform. Yeah. So then we would just be like, the 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 thing is, you would know all the bartenders from mm-hmm. the last time you came in there. And you would ask, you would call the bartenders up and you would have their numbers and be like, hey, you know, do you still work there? If you don't, where do you work now? Can we mm-hmm. get in there? Um, and then you always wanted to know what all of the venues were in town. So basically the same thing yeah. for us, you know. Um, but the, today we're going to talk extensively about all the things that can go wrong about like how you... What what are the steps about throwing someone out if you have to? Right. What are the steps if there is a threat? Right. Um, what are the steps if we have a counter protest? Uh, we have protesters and we need counter protesters. Mm-hmm. How do we do that? Um, what are the what are the the routes to make all mm-hmm. that happen? You know, I don't know if I've ever told you. Did I ever tell you my 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 travel prep plan? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> Here we go. So might be good to hear before you travel for four months. <laughs> so whenever we went to locations, mm-hmm. when we traveled for a living, this is the back for the cabaret show for those who are new to the to my um, history. Um, but we did a traveling cabaret show for years and years and years and years, and I traveled 126 different cities, 25 different states, or something, something. Um, and weirdly, we will be doing more states, I think, than that. Mm. There'd be states that I have never mm-hmm. gone to, so that list is going to be like up to like. 35 probably 
I've never been to Alaska, never been to Hawaii. I will still have never been to um, Wyoming. Mm-hmm. I've never been to Montana. Why would I be? Yeah, you know, <laughs> why would I? Why would I have performed in Montana? <laughs> you know, um, I don't think I've ever been in Nebraska, so mm-hmm. that would be a fun one for us. But anyways, yeah. to my uh, my travel prep thing, we would always bring a Rolodex. <laughs> this is how old uh, some of the people in the show were. Uh, <laughs> I was the young one by like five uh-huh. or six years. Now I was like ten years younger than the, sure. the next person. That other person was 32. I was like 22 at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, they would bring a Rolodex and they would keep note cards and shit in the Rolodex. And every single bar we went to, every single venue we went mm-hmm. to, um, they would take out a card and they would have the name of the lead bartender, mm-hmm. the name of all the staff that helped us, um, the location. And then right underneath at the very bottom, it would state... Um, problems mm. yep you know like it would be like we didn't have enough extension cards oh, or sure. uh, bad communication at bar or lead bartender headed out for someone someone you right. know what i mean and all that stuff was there and then basil will take care of food when we're on the, the route we mm-hmm. used to have a, a total of five possibilities for food in every single location mm. uh ahead of time because again you didn't have yeah, map quest you, you, you didn't have google like you do or now your portable phone yeah internet. we everything was mapped out and then you would have to spend <laughs> like you would have every time we would go into a new state you would you would pull over mm-hmm. and you would go to get their version of the badger book you know what a badger book is mm-hmm. yeah okay good yeah so like um so like a lot of states will have they used to always have a state map at every go, uh, at every gas station yeah, yeah and they used to have a restaurant book and a yellow book that you could mm-hmm. be able to get from every single gas station and then that's how you knew right you know where you would look in the city and then you were kind of just trying to go for it and you know you were just throwing shit against the wall basically <laughs> when you're trying to get food um there was no way to fucking google the five star mm-hmm. anything you know what i mean um nowadays god damn it you're so fucking stuck to yelp and shit yeah um you gotta as a business i don't know how they do it like they used to but yeah. it has to be so much harder to be a small business now in mm-hmm. that way. Because, like, you used to be lucky to be found. Now you got to be on the Internet. And you got to be on the Internet constantly in order to get people yeah. to come to your restaurant. It's annoying. It, mm-hmm. it, it is wild what 30 does yeah. to you, especially if you're on the road all the time. I have never spoken to a traveling performer who's done it more than three to five years and not have them say, uh, yeah, I mean, I can't sleep. Like, you know, Mm-mm. like sleeping at my, the same bed every night is like genuinely hard after a while. Yeah. Like it's things fuck with you. Mm-hmm. Like um, I used to I used to miss the smell of hotels. Really? Yeah. <laughs> because you get to a point where you're just so used to it. Yeah. You know, I should probably explain this to Danny and. Yeah. And, and Basil. Basil. <laughs> yeah. It'd be because, good for them to know. You will also get um, you will think you'll hate everything. And then you come back home. And you miss it. And um, having a day and two where you don't do anything, mm-hmm. you will go insane. Yeah. It's so wild how quick your your heart, your brain at hard wires to constantly be in the move. And when you don't, you get super depressed. Hmm. So, like, we would literally plan something every other day when we got back. Mm-hmm. Like, we would like, oh, we're going to do a pool ball party together. 
Yeah. Uh, two days after we come back, and three days after we come back, we're gonna go to the bar, and four days after we come back, we're gonna do. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. The more, the farther out we got, the more space we got, and then we, you know, it was like a way to just like desimilate from it mm-hmm. without like overdoing it. If that made sense. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, touring's a serious fucking business. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I mean, the fact that you've done it before is why you're doing it now. Yeah, like... th- this is what <clears throat> makes me laugh. When we first announced this to the powers that be that would mm-hmm. be able to make this work for us, one of the things that, uh, you know, I, I, I'm so easy to insult. I, I take everything so fucking personally. Um, but, like, I... I think for me, hearing someone say, well, we don't want to put you through that. I'm like, we don't want to wear you out. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, you don't fucking know. You're talking to a professional <laughs> marathon mo- runner, motherfucker. Uh, you know, uh, but I have such a like, uh, if you tell me to, to 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 not do something, I will immediately do it. I'm the you mean cat. You run on spite. Yeah. I'm the I'm the cat <laughs> on the counter where you're like, don't do that. Don't don't. No, 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 no. And then when you stop, I just knock over the mason jar and break it on the floor. <laughs> That's me. I'm that mm-hmm. cat. But I don't. I hope. I hope that people that, that be who are booking these flights understand. I have to be at the airport yeah. an hour earlier than anyone else. Mm-hmm. I have to be because there is a very good chance that on one of these flights, there's twelve for the whole run, right? I think there's like tw- six in the first week and then six for the rest of the tour, yeah, I think. Like that. There's 12, yeah. right? There's going to be one where I'm going to get in a private room. Mm-hmm. I guarantee it. There's no way. We, I've been too lucky. Yeah. Um, and every single trans person I know is like there's a certain level of like how many flights you'll go on until you have the bad one. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. But like I get so nervous. Yeah. And then also basil is just so much more prepared than i ever could be about stuff so Mm -hmm. i think between the three of us will be a great little match yeah um but i do suspect we'll have one or two times where we're we have no idea what we're gonna do Mm -hmm. um again we'll cross that bridge when we fucking get there there's no point (laughs) of worrying about it because we have no control over it to begin with yeah we could be the most prepared fuckers in the world it's still gonna happen yeah no it's gonna be like when i was running um old brick gardens and i was doing that like gleam event Mm -hmm. right this was two years ago i had i had that thing running like a royal machine nothing ever went wrong i was fucking killing the game just fucking killing it right Mm -hmm. then one night an eight-year-old kid for absolutely no fucking reason pulled the fire alarm (laughs) and in what world in what world (laughs) would i have guessed an eight-year-old child i saw him do it i saw him do it he walked up he flipped it open and yanked on it oh shit i have i mean that was wild and his mom was like oh johnny what do you mean, oh, Johnny? <laughs> <laughs> we shut down the whole event because oh, of this. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Because I take such pride in doing things really well. Yeah. It's really hard for me to be like, Maggie, I'm just going to have to be okay with fucking up. Maggie, <laughs> Maggie, mistakes, mistakes do not indicate failure. Yeah. Mm. Failures don't indicate a moral deficit. Yeah. Okay, like it is okay if something goes wrong. I guarantee it, Maggie. What it does for us is opens up a, a chance for two things: growth for the three of us together. Mm-hmm. To actually, if things go wrong, that'll be good for morale for us because yeah. we got to come together go and figure it. it out. Yeah. And number two, it 
if things go wrong, it could also be potentially great content. <laughs> Good to know. You know, for real though, like <laughs> if we find ourselves stranded because the car broke down, Maggie, yep. the internet will lose their shit to try to help us. We yeah. will be fine, Maggie. Yeah. Like the only thing it's all that, part of the story. Yeah, the only thing that could go wrong is if I lost my phone. Are <laughs> <laughs> you bringing all five phones, right? <laughs> uh, I was, you know what? I don't know. I will say I hate AT and T. I just want you to know that. Really? Yeah. Fuck. I have the worst luck. Well, my my fucking phone. You you know that one time, Maggie, you told me that uh, no, your your phone should be hooked up to the Wi Fi. Blah blah blah. Maggie, I don't get texts most of the time anymore. Huh? I don't get text down here. I literally have been trying to send messages to people. It doesn't work. It's it's hooked up, but I don't get text messages. Don't work for me. Go ahead. Um, because mine works fine. I think it's <laughs> okay. You have to have Wi-Fi calling on. Have you tried that? I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Um, it just means that it will work over the internet. Are on, you telling me this whole time I haven't had Wi-Fi on? You haven't had Wi-Fi calling on. Are you fucking kidding me? That's the only way I can make calls from down here, too, is have Wi-Fi calling You shut the fuck up. Are you kidding me? (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's you. You had the phone for less than 30 seconds. Matt, 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 go back. Go back. How long? Matthew, how long was that? Definitely less than a minute. Are you fucking kidding me? From the moment that I said, I don't know, to me <laughs> handing it to Maggie. I am I am outraged by this. <laughs> Fuck you. Um it should your your text and calling should work now. If your texts don't work, then it's Messenger's problem and not your phone. Oh my god. <laughs> guys. Guys. Guys, it's been so bad. I'm sorry. I didn't know you didn't know. No, Maggie, I have literally (laughs) spent 30 minutes trying to find a good reception to text people sometimes. I'm not kidding you. Send a test text and see if it goes through just fine. No, it's fine, Maggie. I I trust you. (laughs) Well, I want to make sure. No. I'm going to. No, I don't even want to know. No, no. I don't want to. I'm mad. I'm. I have never felt more anti-trans uh, IT lady than right now. This is the worst moment in the trans IT lady mo- lifespan. I'm sorry. I have, Jesus, Matt. We're still in the fucking episode, Matt. And we're done here, Matt. We're done here. Dude, it's weird to be like back in a fucking podcast booth with you. Dude, how long has it been? 10 years? Well, it depends on if you include when you, me, and Maggie were all crammed in this room together. Yeah, that's true. For those who do not know, which is all of you, um, me and podcast, me and podcast, me and Matthew um, had a podcast together called Running With Scissors. Yes. Um, And that podcast is dead for so many reasons. Uh, and then I started my own podcast called, um, shut up. I'm listening with Mercury Stardust. 
And I loved that name, but we weren't really consistent with the episodes. Yeah. Um, was this before or after you tried to like start the whole podcast network? This was um, after that. So we had littlepodcast.com. Still a great URL. It is one of the best names of something I've ever thought of my entire life. Littlepodcast.com? Crazy. We had a lot of, we had a pretty good amount of podcasts on there. We had, how many did we have total at one point? 11? 12? Uh, yes. I think we like did that. because we had Mad City. I'm trying to remember, like, I had a website where they were rows and columns. And I think it was like two rows of five or six. We had, um, the Mad City Theater Review one. We had ten uh ten minutes about your favorite movie. Um, we had uh Bored in the eighties, uh Shut Up I'm Listening. Um at one point we were running running with scissors at the same time. There was we did a lot. Justin yeah. Schober had a film one. And then we had a few podcasts that were like have been around for a while who were on there too. But basically, we were kind of talking about the early days of my career in social media. Because you know, Matt knows this to be true. He's the only one alive. (laughs) You're the only one in the world, I think, who knows I've been pursuing a career in content creating for like 15, 16 years. Right? Because you and I, we, we filmed one of the very first times I ever filmed anything stupid for the internet was Matthew's ant video. grasshopper and ant video back in what 2009 the first time that i started having the notion of like starting something in madison was because there was this guy named mike lower who was um a technical director for children's theater of madison okay and i was his intern for a semester and he talked to me about something called theatrical migration do you know this term i can guess the bigger larger term is called artistic migration yeah is it like people move out of like places like this to go to yes so artistic migration is essentially when people leave a city that they start in to Mm -hmm. go Mm -hmm. to a larger market for the opportunity to be able to you know be seen by more people essentially um, now I believe with the addition of streaming surfaces and social media, I think that that has shifted. I think the thing that I have been saying since 2008 or nine is that I believe that not only could it shift, I think you can make some type of like media company. Mr. Beast has proved this theory in North Carolina. Oh, because, yeah, so? yeah. He has basically built that entire town at this point. I don't know why. I just always assumed he was like in L.A. He's I guess not. because L.A. Beast he, is also I, a YouTube channel. I believe he's in North Carolina or South Carolina. Um, okay. And he is, I mean, look at him. I mean, he has his whole production company. He fucking knows hmm. that that's the route to go. And I have been saying similar things for a long time. Is that I think that like we're doing it right now by building the company out at a much, much, much more slow, smaller scale. Mm-hmm. Um, than what Mr. Beast has done, but like I, I do think that that is the the whole point was I heard that Mike Lower say to me he got really mad about me talking about going to Chicago or New York, and he said, "Of course you would, yeah, because all of you do. All you young stupid kids go somewhere, and you 
you know, put all your time and energy into there. So I really early on got a very impressionable view of what the artistic world was. And it was a gruff, mean guy who believed that the that the world was corrupting the youth, essentially, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was really young and impressionable. So for years, I would think to myself um, that the worst thing I could do was to leave Madison. So that's probably why I stayed in Madison uh, as long as I have. I have always thought about leaving, but I always thought I would be one of the bad ones if I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So here we are all these years later, and the journey that you and I have been on as best friends, um, I mean, it's it's really fascinating. Because, like, from littlepodcast.com to then you being um, the sound person of all my endeavors, what we did... a we were wedding DJs for, yep, yep. we were prom DJs, yep. homecoming DJs. Yep. <laughs> we were also, um, we did light design and sound design for theater companies together. We did that before. Yeah. Yeah. The outdoor theater even. Oh, fuck. Yeah. We did the whole <laughs> thing. That's right. That, that was just another crash and burn. Yeah. Uh, and then we also did the, the burlesque show together, you know, and then you were my co-host and sound person and i hosted and produced the show so that's the thing you and i have this long history of like things i have said this over and over again you're the only person who has witnessed my rise and fall over and over and over and over and over again in all these endeavors uh my crash and burns from my theater career to my puppeteer career to um me traveling with caber from from the podcast to um, to, to all of it, all of it. You're the only one who's seen it all. Yeah. I've said this before. I, I, I don't say it directly, but I do say in all my speeches and on the podcast a lot. I hid in order to survive. And in retrospect, it's re- now I understand like w- w- what I was doing. But I was a, I was really trying to mask and hide um, my femininity and hide who I am uh, from a world I knew was going to beat me up. So, you know, the louder, more insulting and rude I got, the the more there's no way that person's trans would get. Mm, yeah. The farther, the more that I supported the patriarchy, the farther I'm away from being against the patriarchy. Does that make sense? Yeah, you know, and the farther away I am from transness, you know, but now it's like a little bit more of the opposite. Now I say loud and offensive things to people who um, are upholding the patriarchy rather than yeah the opposite. You know, it's you you still have that same energy and that same fun. You just have to direct it at a target. Yeah, well, that, you know, that people won't be mad about. I used to always say that I, I, I like looking back. At me in my 20s, I really think that I had nothing to say, so no one wanted to listen. Do you know what I mean? Like, yep. that's why nothing was successful. I had no reason to, to draw, I had no reason to do those things. I had no reason to um, pursue these things, right? I just wanted these things because I wanted these things. I thought I deserved these things. I thought I deserved attention. I thought I deserved an audience. When I was in my early 20s. But that's not necessarily 
That's not how that works. No. Um, I think it's interesting because, like, it did work for Mr. Beast, right? But then you yeah. see Mr. Beast as a person, and I do think I, I do think there's some ethical things we should be able to call him in question for, um, especially because of how much he upholds capitalism. But I will say that, like, he does do genuine good in the world, and that tends to be his mission. So I think that that's, like, kind of an interesting thing where even with him, there's a purpose to all of his, you know, yeah. drive, you know? If there is no, why why do you want a platform? Why do you want all of this stuff if you don't have a true reason for it? Other than greed, I moved into Matt's, uh, and I said, uh, "Yeah, I know Donald Trump is going to win the election." Mm-hmm. And Matt got mad at me. This is like a month out. This is when nobody was taking him seriously. Yeah, and so I, in my defense, it was ridiculous. And I said. Oh, he's 110% going to win. Uh, and Matt was like, why do you think that? And I said, I work with these guys. I work in this industry. And I know that the type of rhetoric he is saying is resonating with my coworkers too so much that these motherfuckers who I've known for a decade want to vote. And they've <laughs> never voted in an election in their lives and they're in their 40s. So I knew it was like not great. <laughs> and come that election night, you know, history was made uh, in the worst way possible. Yeah. Um but uh Matt saved my life. Matt took me in and I I think I was in the worst place emotionally my entire life in that like 3 4 month span. I just was trying to hold it together. Uh and I slept in a cot in Matt's living room, and um, my cats, Finn and Wesley, came with me. And, yeah, if it wasn't for Matt, I wouldn't be here. I'm 100% convinced of that. Yep. And Matt took me in that one time, but he's. He, I also lived with you when we were in college, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's our journey. Okay, we got to take one break here. Matt, we are in the dark now. The lights just went out. <laughs> the lights went out. <laughs> Matty. Let me go get Basil to uh, get the. Or no, no, Matt, no, 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 you no, bring no. Some, uh, Matt, you just yeah, bring, bring us. Some more yeah. Batteries. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to. I purposely try to set it up so we can have a pause. Oh. <laughs> That's why I was like, and this is what we're going to do. And then I, I cut it off because we're in the dark. And the audience. They <laughs> can't see you. The audience. <laughs> On my TikTok live, it's just like, what is happening? <laughs> Mercury, what? we can't see you. We can hear you, this but we can't see you. This is what happens when all your lights in your studio uh, for your production studio are all on batteries. I will say this for all the listeners who are listening to this. Uh, I have no idea what people think about it. Do people say anything about these? Do people comment? No, not really. The theme song was created by Rody Walker. Questions were picked up by our production assistant, Ziggy. A big thank you to our executive producer, Basil. And this podcast was recorded and edited by Matthew Allen Hag. Thank you for listening. See you next time. If you enjoyed this episode of the Handyman Hotline, you can listen to an even longer version by supporting us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon, $10 or more, you'll be able to get an extra long 30 to 45 minute section every single week. Isn't that amazing? More of me and Maggie. Wow! So thank you so much for all those who already support us, and you too can support us and listen to more on our Patreon. Thank you. Bye-bye. So grab your hammer and nails and paint your nails if you want.
or two. You're worth the time it takes to be you. She'll teach you how to fix your house, how to fix it by yourself. The trans hand.